0: Since January, the Defense Information Systems Agency has been running a highly classified version of a very popular consumer platform. DISA completed functional testing of what it calls DOD 365 SEC, a secure version of Microsoft Office 365, which is a cloud-hosted suite of common products. With a progress report on user testing, we turn to DISA Program Manager Carissa Landymore. Ms. Landymore, good to have you on.
1: Good morning. Thank you for having me.
0: And is this whole project kind of a development of the post-pandemic remote access platform that DISA has been working on. Originally there was a version that was kind of set up as an emergency and now you're transitioning to something more permanent. Is that a fair way to describe what's going on?
1: Absolutely. With the pandemic, you know, we fast tracked getting collaboration moving to the cloud on the unclassified side, which really I think set the precedence to move quick to establish these capabilities into the cybernet.
0: All right, so now we have got this Microsoft Office 365 SEC, DOD 365 SEC. What exactly is it? How would you describe it?
1: DISA has made tremendous progress in our efforts to provide enterprise-wide cloud-based collaboration uh, capabilities, enabling mission-critical tasks. On multiple classification levels. And DOD 365Sec is really just another enterprise service that we're going to be adding into our portfolio. It's kind of a hyperscale cloud software as a service on a classified mission network. You know, we we met a few years ago with multiple mission partners to gather requirements partner with industry, Microsoft, our integrator, GDIT, to make sure that we could take DOD 365 SEC and evolve collaboration, enhance data sharing on the secure internet protocol router network or zipper network, which has never been done before. Um, But by doing this, we're providing warfighters with modern tools that allow them to operate ahead of the adversary and meet their mission anytime, anywhere.
0: Now, are the products on DoD 365 secret—the same ones you would get if you had a normal commercial version of Office 365.
1: They will be. Um, it's a. It's going to be building blocks. So it's you're going to see it continue to evolve. Uh, so with Microsoft, they are providing what's called Release One. They just uh, announced their general availability. Release One's going to provide you SharePoint. Exchange Online, which is your email, and OneDrive. Uh, so those are the initial capabilities you're going to get out of the box. Teams is really what a, what you'll hear a lot of the mission partners. They're after that collaboration capability. That's going to be a part of release, too. So that's going to come second. It's important to get those fundamental blocks established, get that foundation laid down. And then Teams is going to come after, which right now Microsoft is on target to provide general availability of that the end of March.
0: Now, is it simply the network by which people access it and the cloud facility in which it's hosted secret or is something inherent in the products themselves that are different from the commercial versions?
1: There's going to be a lot more security around this capability than what you have um in the commercial world so additional security putting if you think about you know more fence more guardrails around this but what we're doing by bringing this to the cloud is equipping the warfighter and the department with responsive resilient secure and high quality it services
0: so the products do have some inherent security measures in them as well as being Absolutely. on a network that is nobody else can access
1: You got it. Absolutely.
0: And from a user standpoint, now you're in testing, do they have to do anything differently? You know, when you have a regular Office 365 account, you put in your password and most of us have two-factor authentication. Is one of the challenges making it easy for people to get on yet still be secure?
1: Um, So we're going to have multi-factor authentication. A lot of the ways we we secure the, the environment on the low side using that authentication that you mentioned. We've been doing a lot of testing, but folks are going going to really take a lot of what they did to prepare for their migration looking at their existing networks, running through a list of you know questions, cleaning up your mailbox, all of those different things that we did to prepare for aisle five, we're gonna implement, apply those lessons learned. And folks can start to do that today. So we've already started to work with the components, the mission partners around the department to give them that information because that's gonna take some time, right? They, they're all on-prem. They're gonna have to do some, some legwork there to get their network ready to make that transition into the cloud.
0: We're speaking with Carissa Landymore. She's a program manager for the Defense Enterprise Office Solution at the Defense Information Systems Agency. And now you have deployed in a, would it be accurate to call it a beta level with certain users and what's the progress at this point and what kind of feedback are you getting?
1: We are currently in our pre-production environment. Um, We started our testing, you know, and again, our partnership with Microsoft, they were able to get us into a pre-production environment beginning last April. And starting late August, after our initial integration and and, uh, testing, we were able to bring in what we call canary users or technical users to help us come in and test out the functionality of the products that Microsoft is going to be releasing as part of their initial Release, So we had three phases of testing. Phase one is what I just mentioned, getting in there, doing a, a deep review of the, of the initial capabilities, partnering with Microsoft to clean up any configurations, coding that may need to be tightened up there. But all in all, everything tested favorably. So due to the success of that, uh, we were able to wrap up our functionality testing sooner, which allowed us the ability to open it up a little bit, and bring in anybody from the the department that wanted to come in and test it themselves, getting back to that network readiness, starting to look in there and think about, okay, what do we need to do as an organization to prepare our community for their transition into the environment? So that's kind of where we are now, and that's called the limited user assessment. So we're very excited about that because, again, that that allows us the ability to be transparent and begin that that uh, that work with our organizations across the department.
0: And what have you heard so far? Have they called up and said, "Carissa, I hate this," or, "Hey, this is pretty good?"
1: <laughs> no, it's definitely definitely all been been great news. And, you know, again, because of the the partnership, you know, we're breaking down barriers working with the DOD CIO's office, working with our integrator Microsoft, making sure that we get the requirements from the components getting them in there sooner allows us to take that feedback and get it back to Microsoft so that they can take a look and say, okay, for future releases, here's where we need to be focused. Um, So we're really excited with the partnership and just the overall feedback from the department.
0: Now, the purpose of cloud applications is so that you can access them from pretty much anywhere, that there is internet connectivity. So does this require government-issued equipment to be able to access it from wherever you are? But can you also use what sorts of Wi-Fi or wireless networks to access it and maintain the security? and have all the authorizations there?
1: You will have to be on the CIPRnet, so you won't be able to access this from the public internet. You know, again, this is a classified environment, so it will be locked down tightly from a security perspective. We have to do that.
0: So you can't do it from Starbucks, but what if someone is teleworking and they? what's the situation there? How do you get to Cipranet if you're teleworking? We do have
1: special devices for certain VIPs and individuals that they can use that we've been working with. So if you think of our DMCCS devices are the mobile devices that certain VIPs can use to access their mail from a mobile device, a secure mobile device. We have another, it's called a Windar, if you think about kind of like a laptop, if you will, that folks can use as well. So a lot of testing going there because, again, Part of going to the cloud is getting to the collab, you know, focusing on that collaboration so that people can access their information anytime, anywhere. And that's exactly what we're doing here. And so far, that testing has been very successful as well. So that that testing will continue. But the, the focus will be you'll be able to access it from your SIPR client, uh, your thick client or your thin client, either your DMCCS device or your your WINDAR or think of that kind of like a, a laptop, if you will.
0: So warfighters could be able to use this somewhere with the proper devices and presumably they take with them wherever an action might be happening or an operation might be happening. There is a SIPRnet capability to that zone.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And the, and the goal is that they'll be able to use their DMCCS device. Today and continue the collaboration, just like they're seeing on the on the unclassified side in with the Microsoft 365 products.
0: All right, and what's the schedule from here on out? You're still in the limited user assessment. Do you have an endpoint for that, and when will that start to go beyond that?
1: Absolutely, things are really gaining speed here with with all the the excellent feedback we've gotten. So right now. Beginning of our mid-May, excuse me, DISA. We like to have DISA come in, adopt the service first, making sure we, you know, get any, smooth out any processes that we have before we bring in our mission partners into the service. So mid-May, DISA will migrate fully, will declare FOC, and we'll will transition DISA into the uh, offering. And then beginning June, we'll open up the doors and start to welcome in the other components across the defense agencies, combatant commands, services, et cetera.
0: Carissa Landymore is program manager for the Defense Enterprise Office Solution at the Defense Information Systems Agency, DISA. Thanks so much for joining me.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Have a great day.
0: And we'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Subscribe to the Federal Drive wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Hello, and welcome to the Lessons in Leadership podcast. I'm your host, Shane Canfield, CEO of WEPA. Today, I'm thrilled to be joined by Dr. David Wilson, president of Morgan State University. David has had a fascinating career and has garnered a long record of accomplishments from more than 30 years of experience in higher education administration. Came to Morgan State in 2010 from the University of Wisconsin, where he was chancellor of both the University of Wisconsin Colleges
3: based on how many students they don't admit. I'm about just the opposite, taking individuals who are absolutely stellar and don't realize it and bringing
2: that into existence for them. You've had so many opportunities that you could do other things perhaps at um, larger organizations.
3: did as well. So here I am having grown up in Alabama, I harbored some anger toward this society there that kept me from realizing my potential and then kept so many others like me from ever realizing their potential. At the end of a conversation that we had, someone asked Mr Sosulu, we're leaving this conversation thinking that you harbor no anger towards a society that locked you away for twenty seven years. Are we leaving with the correct conclusion?